This morning it's communion again, and so I just kind of wanted to preach on communion another time in a different in a different direction or a different understanding. And so a few weeks ago was Thanksgiving, which we all remember. We all are still living it. You know what I'm saying? We're having some leftover turkey and stuffing today for the meal because, you know, we had it saved from the Thanksgiving meal. Anyway, at Thanksgiving this year, we went to Mike and Terrace. Uh, our family did. And, and something that happened there jogged a memory, one of those life things that you always recall. And so we went out to Mike and Terrace. And, you know, we've got four kids and they've got three. And so there was a kid's table and an adult's table. Did anybody else's family ever do that? Where there was the kid's table and the adult table. And I remember my mom and dad's families both. When I was a kid growing up, we all lived in the same county pretty much. And, and everybody would come, all the cousins and aunts and uncles and my grandparents or whatever. And in every function, whether it was Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, there was a kid's table and an adult table. And my family was like old-fashioned, so they even have name tags. So you couldn't sneak to the wrong table. I don't know. I remember going to Grandma's house and going and looking. And by golly, there were a couple times where my brother was at the adult table and I was still at the kid table. And I don't know why. I mean, seriously, who really wants to sit at the adult table? Which table is more fun? I mean, honestly. But for whatever reason, as a kid, I longed for my place at the adult table. I thought it was going to be some profound opportunity that when I got to the adult table, everything was going to be incredible. You know, in us all, I believe there's this this longing for our place. I think that each of us, we, we really have this desire to, to be anticipated or to have a, an expectation, to have a place where we get to sit. I'm going to show a clip. Last week, I talked about one of the greatest movies of all time, A Christmas Story. This week, I'm going to talk about a movie. Actually, I remember, now I feel old, Ryan. This is where I feel old. I remember going to see this movie in high school with some friends. Remember, we went to the movie theater and we watched this movie. Uh, so I'm going to show a clip. Uh, from this movie here in a second. I apologize. There's a cigarette in this scene. It's okay. You know, it's funny how you remember some things, but some things you can't. You do your very best now for us. I sure will, Mama. I remember the bus ride on the first day of school very well. Are you coming along? Mama said not to be taking rides from strangers. This is a bus to school. I'm Forrest, Forrest Gump. I'm Dorothy Harris. Well, now we ain't strangers anymore. You know, it's funny what a young man recollects, because I don't remember being born. I, I don't recall what I got for my first Christmas. I don't know when I went on my first outdoor picnic, but I do remember the first time I heard the sweetest voice in the wide world. You can sit down. 
I had never seen anything so beautiful in my life. She was like an angel. And I feel like that plays in our lives over and over and over again. Forrest, there's two scenes. I couldn't show the other scene because there were bad words in that one. He, he, he joins the army, uh, or, and uh, he's gone to bus, and the, the, the drill sergeant on the bus, he uses some colorful language, and the same scene plays out later in his life, walking back the bus, and people saying, the seat's taken. There's no place for you. You don't fit here. We don't want you near us. We don't want you around us. You can just keep on, keep on walking. And, and, and in this story, the one we just watched, this young lady named Jenny, she, she says there's a spot for you. Later he meets what is in his life, one of his best friends, Bubba. Um, you remember brine shrimp, popcorn shrimp, potato shrimp, shrimp kebab, shrimp cocktail, all those things. But I don't have a big lip, so I can't say it quite the same way he did. Anyway, but that was like his greatest friendship in life. There was something about someone making a place for him. This morning, I want to look at the Lord's Supper. You know, it's, it's cool. When you read the Bible, and guys, I like this. This is how I think I can identify so well with my faith. God's focal point of ministry. Do you know what it is? A lot of times we like to say it's the altar. We like to say it's the church. We like to say it's the temple. God loves the table. Let me say amen to that. And if you're not saying amen, I can look at you and say amen for you, if you know what I'm saying. God's focal point, one of the, the places in which ministry happens most is at the table. He's seen the table, he recognizes the table, and he utilizes the table for ministry. Forrest Gump just wanted someone to say, hey, there's a place where you can sit. I'm telling you this morning, as we look at communion, as we spend time looking at the Lord's Supper, if you can hear anything today, I want you to know that there's a place at his table for you. The place at his table is for you. Now, there's an invitation that we're all receiving. There's an invitation that we all get when it comes to the table of God. We're all invited. The 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God wants the table to be a part of what he's doing in your life. Job, this is one of his friends, looks at him and says, he's wooing you from the jaws of distress to a spacious place free from restriction, to the comfort of a table laden with choice food. God is inviting you and I to his table. He wants us to come to his table. There's a parable Jesus tells 
in the book of Luke. It's about invitations. It's about people who are invited to this, this banquet, this, this place. And I believe that we all are invited. And so what happens? When one of those at the table heard him, with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is, is agreeing. We're talking about table. Tables are good. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and into the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, uh, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there's still room. The master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so my house will be full. I feel like I'm a servant this day reporting to my master. And he's saying to me, go out and compel them to come to my table. Many have made excuses. There are many who have been invited. I remember Thanksgiving meal this year. I'll, I'll be honest, I was a little bit disappointed with how few bellies we had to feed. That's why we got leftovers today for, for the meal. And there was enough food that I was begging people to take food to other people. When you're the one throwing the banquet, you want to make sure all that you prepared, that was good turkey, those were good mashed potatoes, those were good stuffing. We wanted to make sure all that we prepared could be enjoyed. And what's the biggest disappointment for the host if it's not enjoyed? It's wasting what is very good. I guess we can feed it to the pigs. We can send it to the dump. But there's something good that God has prepared. There's something good. That's why Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. We take the bread and we drink the cup. He's prepared something good. And he wants us. You are invited to his table. I said, we long for a place. I believe that we're created with this longing inside of us for this place where we can fit. I want you to hear this morning, you are invited to participate at this table with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want to tell you, he prepared a feast that is good for you and I. We have a place at his table. That's why he said, do this in remembrance of me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I read the verses before this a lot of times. You're invited, so guess what? You respond. How do you respond? So then whoever eats this bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. I talked about when I was a kid. And I'd go to Grandma's table. Do you know what Grandma told me when I came to the table? Or she asked me? She was inquisitive. She said, have you washed your hands? Well, Grandma knew where my hands had been. Grandma knew the dirt and the mess that I had been playing with. 
And if I was going to come to grandma's table, I was going to wash my hands. And I might say I washed my hands, but she would inspect my hands. And she would let me know I'm not eating at her table if my hands were not in a worthy manner. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That's why many among you are weak and sick and a number have fallen asleep. But if we're more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we're judged in this way by the Lord, we're being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So, so you are invited to his table. So before we go to his table today, I guess we better examine ourselves. You're coming to the table of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There were some guys, another banquet in, in, in the New Testament that we read about. The king came to see the guests. He noticed a man who was not there wearing wedding clothes. Now remember, this is kind of the same story. Like they went to the streets and invited whoever to come to the, to the guests, to, to, to the meal. These were people that weren't expecting to be invited. And some dude took the invitation. He didn't have cows to take care of or he didn't have things to do. And he came, but he showed up. And what was the problem? He wasn't dressed. He wasn't prepared for that moment. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, we love the fact that there's a place. I want to tell you there's a place, but we've got to be prepared for our position at that place. You and I ought to examine ourselves before we come to this table today. There is a place for you. I want you to hear that. But we need to decide, are my hands washed? Am I prepared for this meal? Show up at grandma's in your pajamas for, for Christmas supper. You know, when we know that there's, there's something to be prepared for, we, we change our clothes, we, we wash our hands. Some of us even do this crazy thing called take a shower. Because we're going to be at the table. So you're invited. So why don't you get ready? Get ready this morning for what we're going to do. God has, has set his table and he's prepared a place for you. How do I wash my hands? Well, you think about your life. Your sins are forgiven if you've accepted the promise of Jesus Christ. Why don't you allow that to come in your life? Why don't you spend the time thinking about, man, I don't feel worthy, but I've been clothed. What are we clothed with? We're clothed with the righteousness of Christ. It's not me standing before him, but it's what Jesus Christ did before me. And sometimes we come to the table and we feel disqualified or we feel like we don't belong because we haven't put on the wedding clothes. We've been made righteous because of what Jesus Christ did. It doesn't matter what I've done or what I'm doing. What matters is what Jesus Christ accomplished for me. And so I put on the righteousness that is before God when I come to his table. None of us are worthy for this feast. But because of what Jesus Christ has done, I can come boldly to his table and dine with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So wash your hands. You're invited. Wash your hands. Psalm chapter 42. 
as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When can I go and meet my God? 1 John chapter 2, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the eye. The lust of eyes and the pride of life come not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. I talked about Mike. I don't know if he can hear me right now, so I can talk about him right now. Because I hear this a lot. You know when Thanksgiving comes? Mike told me he didn't eat that day because he knew what we were going to have at supper. Well, I can see him now. I can kind of poke at him right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, who who does that? Let's be honest. We know it's going to be a nice Thanksgiving meal. We know Grandma's got some pumpkin pie or some apple pie in, in the oven. And so we go ahead and we fast. You know, the, the notes I have is, is don't spoil your dinner. Bring your appetite. Well, you know what you're going to eat is good. So last night, I mean, there are some pastors that are crazy people. I just got to say this. Someone might be offended by this this morning. I apologize. One of my friends was at the meal with us, and, and he pastors a church in this area, and, and we had turkey and ham. Turkey and ham's great. And he was talking about he had to go to his brother's for his brother's Christmas party after he left. And this might seem like blasphemy right now. He said they were serving prime rib, and he'd rather have turkey and ham than prime rib. Now, if I knew I was going to go have prime rib, no offense on the turkey and ham. No offense on the mashed potatoes that were there. I'm probably not eating too much at the pastor's Christmas supper. Because I know i got prime rib waiting for me. And I'm going to make sure that I get my second and third piece of prime rib. Thank you, Walt. I thought there might be some that would agree with that. You're invited to his table. And I want to tell you what he has is good. But too often we're satisfying our appetite before we go to his table. Too often we're filling ourselves with other things and we don't have room for what he has for us. Too often we're coming to the table and we're saying, man, I can handle a sip, but I just can't eat too much. I had too much of the world today. I had too much other things today. I want to tell you that He's invited you to His table. Get ready, because what He has is good. Because when we come to His table, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You know what? I've got to worry if I go to Jim's house and he's got prime rib, that he's going to judge me for eating a second or third piece. Amen. I don't got to worry when I come to his table. He wants me to be filled. He wants me to have all the goodness He's offering. Boy, this is a good point. The, the, the fire detectors, the smoke detectors are saying amen right now. That's good. You're preaching good when the, he says the rocks will cry out. I'm saying the 
The smoke detector will cry out today. That's right, Jim. See what happens? It's still hot in here. You're invited to his table. Get ready. Bring your appetite. Because what he has is good. And he wants you to eat until you are full. He wants you to have every bit that you need. He doesn't want you to have to worry about what he's thinking. Are you having too much apple pie? Or are you eating too many mashed potatoes? Or have you had too much prime rib? Prime rib? He wants you to eat until you're satisfied. What he has is good. He doesn't want anyone to leave this place without being fulfilled. If you can come to his table and participate in his meal, you should not. I don't see how it's possible to leave until you are fulfilled. Man, Pastor, that's not a big wafer. That bread's pretty small. And that cup doesn't do anything. It barely gets down the dry bread. This is just a representation. That bread is the body of Christ. That bread is your part in His body. That cup we talked about last week is the cup of the new covenant. It's the cup that is filled with every promise that is yours in Jesus Christ. Every bit of it is yours. Yet so often we're satisfied with some juice and a cracker when God has prime rib and apple pie. Well, I don't preach. Surprise, the smoke detector didn't go off again. You guys can come forward. I want to say, I need my notes on this because I've got to read a little bit. This message is for you this morning. This invitation is your invitation today. Forrest Gump, and I can't do his voice, but he said, I don't remember being born, and I don't recall what I got for my first Christmas, and I don't remember when I went on my first outdoor picnic, but I do remember when I heard the sweetest voice in the whole wide world, and that voice said, you are invited He was talking about Jenny. I'm talking about Jesus. He wants to say to you this morning, you are invited to His table. You're invited to a place at His table. Or stood there. Remember, we, we cut away because he's talking about how incredible Jenny was. He just stand there on the bus looking like a deer in the headlights because someone actually said, there's a place for you. And then she looked at him and she said, well, <laughs> are you going to sit? I believe God is, is saying that to us today. I've prepared a place 
for you. His voice says, I love you enough that I want you to come and have the very best there is to offer. Please come to my table and dine with me. Weddings. Anybody ever send out wedding invitations and get excited about how few RSVPs come back? We don't know what that means. I don't know what RSVP means really off the top of my head. I know it means I'm supposed to send something back and confirm that I'm coming. I mean, we get lots of invitations, but we're not very good at saying we're coming. God wants you to his table. He wants you to come. Will you be a part of the meal he's prepared for you? Are you going to sit? Are you going to come? Are you going to enjoy the goodness that God has for you this day? I want to pray, Father, I come to you today. God, and I thank you for the invitation. That invitation that's not just for a few, but is for everyone who's in this room. God, we RSVP to that invitation by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior by saying, yes, God, I was once under the law of sin and death, but now I'm under the law of life that comes through Jesus Christ, that the price for my sin was paid, that the love of God was revealed to me through His Son, Jesus Christ, and I'm now a child of God. And because I'm your child, I'm invited to your table. There's a place with my name at your table. There's a place that you've prepared. There's a setting that you've set before me this very day. God, I pray that as we come to your table this day, that we all leave satisfied the invitation is there God if we need to examine ourselves help us to look inwardly God at those places at those things that that we need to be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ let us not be satisfied by anything else but the very best that you have for us through your son Jesus Christ. Let us eat until we're full. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask that some people can come pass out the elements. Has everyone been served this morning? I want to pause and I want to say that no matter how many times you've heard the seats taken, There's not room for you. I don't want you here. Go somewhere else. Your father this morning is saying to you, come sit with me.
And I thought about this, and, and he wants you to be full. And, and we're going to participate in the body and the blood of Christ. But this morning, the cool thing is, I might have joked about prime ribs. Some people might like ham. Some people might like turkey. Some people might not like any of that stuff. But he knows what you need this day to satisfy you. And his banquet is big enough to set before you this morning that which you need. If you need God to say, I love you. If you need God's promises to be fulfilled. If you just need to know that he's with you. If you need to know what it means to be a child of God or have the assurance of his table in your future. God knows what you need and he set it before you. It comes through Jesus Christ. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We thank you. We thank you for the body of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for the body which, which we are a part of. We thank you that we've been given the privilege, God, of being called children of God. And all that that means. God, let us eat until we're full. In Jesus' name. Says in the same way after supper he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. God, we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. That through that blood comes forgiveness. That through that blood comes redemption. That through that blood comes Hope that through that blood comes promise. That through that blood comes fulfillment. And God, we know what we need to partake of this day. And God, I pray you would speak to us as we participate at your table, knowing what we are receiving, that we would be satisfied until we are full. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let us partake. We got, we got a meal. I'm going to pray for that. But I also want people to have a moment in the sanctuary if you need a moment. I'm going to have them lead us in worship after I do my, my blessing. But if you want to continue at his table, he's still here. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may he turn his face towards you. And grant you his peace. And may you find your place at his table.